listeners, if you're listening to this episode the day it comes out, in six short days, Don't Ask Tig is putting on a live streaming show that's live on the internet, so you can watch from anywhere in the world. Joining me will be not one, but two special guests, the co-hosts of our brand new podcast, Handsome, Mae Martin and Fortune Feimster. That's three times the shenanigans and comedic nonsense that you're used to. And guess what? It's not just for your ears, but your eyes as well. It's all happening on Zoom. So no matter where you are in the world, you can be in on the fun too. Join us next Tuesday, September 12th at 6 p.m. Pacific time, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern. Go to don'tasktig.org slash live for tickets. Don't ask Tig, don't ask Fortune, and don't ask May on September 12th. Tickets are at don'tasktig.org slash live. And if you happen to be in the following cities on the following dates, please come see me live and on stage at... Torrington, Connecticut, September 15th, Rochester, New York, September 16th, Wilmington, Delaware, September 17th, Colorado Springs, September 25th, Breckenridge, Colorado, September 28th. I'll be doing a European tour for most of October, and then I get back to the States, October 28th, La Crosse, Wisconsin, and then November 4th. I'm taping my next stand-up special in Brooklyn at King's Theater. Get all ticket and show information at tignotaro.com. Now, please enjoy the show. It couldn't possibly be phone sex in 1905. Hello! You know, with the, like, earpiece, like, you hold the little thing to your ear and you're talking to a speaker. Hello! What color is your bonnet? This is Don't Ask Tig. I'm Tig Notaro. And while it's back to school season, none of you have learned your lesson not to ask me for advice. With me today is an actor, writer, and comedian who starred in the CBS TV show, Carol's Second Act. She is a consulting producer on Apple's Fraggle Rock reboot and is co-executive producer on the upcoming Amazon animated series, Number One Happy Family USA. She's written on shows like Search Party, Big Mouth, and Harley Quinn. You can see her stand-up on Netflix's The Comedy Lineup. Sabrina Jalees, welcome to Don't Ask Tig. Never been more aroused by an intro. (laughs) Super into the way you teed it up. Well, you did it all. I'm just telling everyone in case they don't know everything. Well, when you said consulting producer, I said, wow, I've really prepared for the part of giving people advice with you today. Absolutely. Well, this is the climax. All the consulting has been for this moment. Everything in life has been for this moment. It's true. And even though it's kind of jokey, it's not a joke. It's one million percent (laughs) fact. Everything in life has prepared us for this moment. 
Can I go ahead and just right away ask you how your family hurricane was? Well, we've been on family vacation. So mm. we did not have family hurricane or family earthquake even. Did did you feel like you were missing out or did you feel like smug as a bug in a rug? I am thrilled to not be involved in any sort of natural disaster. <laughs> it's it's my least favorite thing in the world. How is yours? Mine was going fantastic until I was looking for something in the basement and basement is simply drumroll please Fladisha Fladisha <laughs> The basement is Fladisha and what why do I give it that gender because all of Shauna's dresses all of her everything femme goes in the basement And Shauna is of course everybody knows this my wife is husband <laughs> my husband Shauna <laughs> If you're listening to this podcast, you know I've got a big, strong husband that keeps yeah. dresses in the basement named Shauna. And so everything femme goes in your basement. Well, like she's a wardrobe stylist. And so I'm saying everything femme goes in the basement, but I'm just saying there's like a lot of gowns. There's a lot of, you know, those tiny little joke hats. Mm -hmm. There's just a lot of accessories that are down there. Not a lot of my stuff. So stakes are low for me, mm. but stakes are high for how do I reveal this to my husband, Shauna. <laughs> Do you think you're going to hire a company? Is it at that point where you need somebody to come pump water out? Well, I'm just realizing we don't need to know each other all that well because Sabrina's not hiring a company, baby. Sabrina's oh, you're gonna, handy. Sabrina's going to do it six to seven times wrong herself. <laughs> and then Shauna's going to hire a company. <laughs> I'm impressed. You get in there and you do it. Even if it's wrong. It is always wrong. Uh -huh. There's just a little Pakistani man with ketchup stains on a tracksuit in my mind, mm. just like running me like a caterpillar, just operating the... And I, I go visit my parents and I see the dynamic in their marriage. And I'm like, oh, it's like, go to couples therapy. Am I right? And then something like this happens that triggers the knee jerk caterpillar ancestral trauma of duct tape fixes. And I'm like, oh no, I, I can keep on talking to my therapist, but I will still do it wrong first. Mm. Well, does your wife appreciate that you try? Yeah, I think so. Deep down inside, I, I bet maybe I could hire someone. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> now you are a married person. You are a married person. Yeah. And in, in, on September 1st, it'll be 11 years. Married 11 years. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then how long were you together before you tied the knot? About three. So that, that'll put you at 14, honey. Wow. Yeah. Did you meet on your own Farming for Love? You host... <laughs> What is this show on, Farming for Love? Farming for Love is on a Canadian network. You can't get it unless you get a, one of those spy devices that says you're in Canada. Oh, Your computer's okay. in Canada. VPN. And so farmers try to find a soulmate, right? Oh, they don't try it. They don't try. They do, Tig. This is an, a, a format that has been owned by Fremantle for years and years, been done in like 27 countries, resulted in almost 200 weddings. But get this, 495 kids are the result of this format. <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> so it's real deal. It's the realest dealist dating show. 
Well, and so they try to find. They don't an, try. They do. They do. Okay, because, they do. Okay, I'm sorry your, that I'm using. I'm on, sorry. I don't have the Canadian secret box. Into everything I've worked on. <laughs> <laughs> so in Canada, it's going into its second season. I'm not going to give away what happened, but it already aired. And basically, farmers did find love. And the reason why is because you know, you know, straight people. Straight women walking around LA parched just for a drop of commitment. Basically, all of these women that have been looking for, you know, a man to watch two movies in a row with, Mm -hmm. but like all of the ADHD non-committal men in the city are not, you know, giving them what they need. These farmers, here come the farmers that have been hidden in the woods. Yeah. They know how to turn a seed into a plant. Yeah. They are ready to meet a real life woman or man because in Canada... Proudly, it's not just men. No, there are women too, female farmers. That mm-hmm. I just like. I liked the feeling of it. You know, when there's a bunch of women in high heels standing mm-hmm. in a line, being like, "Pick me, Farmer Doug." It's nice <laughs> that there was also a bunch of men standing there sweating, being like, "Please, Farmer Girlene." The men aren't waiting in line to meet a man, though, right? Ah, guess what's happening next season, honey? Ooh, don't give it away. Oh, it's a little taste of next season. I think we gave it away. There's a gay male farmer in the next season. You say that on the show, you're everybody's wingman. Yes. What do you think makes a good wingman or wing woman or wing person? I got. I think you got to see the possibility. Mm-hmm. You got to believe in love. Okay. And you got to care about whether your friend's getting or not. And I do all those things. <laughs> I feel like I am closer and closer to my father who has this idea that like the way things work for me is the way things will work for everyone. Mm. And because monogamy and marriage has worked for me and been additive for me, I am like, it's the only way. Yeah. And so, and so there's a bit, you know, it's nice. I think in the sea that can be rough of dating, it's nice to have someone that's riding next to you on a nice yacht saying like, honey, there will be a boat coming. Yes. And have you always been that way? Or do you think it it, was it just through your marriage and then seeing the success of these farmers hooking up? At the risk of making the entire podcast me talking about my dad, which is, I don't know why this is happening, but it's, I'm letting (laughs) it take over. My dad met my mom She Mm. sat outside of the restaurant that she worked at and would write letters home to Pakistan, the original texting, and waited for her to get off work so he could drive her home. Mm. From the second he saw her, he was like, I have to have her. And I felt that way when I met Shauna. I'm like monogamy forward. Yeah. I have a joke about how like polyamory makes me feel like the Westboro Baptist Church, like I'm like, when it comes to being gay, I'm like, you don't have to be it to get it, just accept it. But when my friends talk to me about polyamory, I'm like, not in my town. (laughs) (laughs) Get your poly eyes off my wifey's thighs. And so do you you have any advice for uh, listeners out there who are looking for love? In fact, I do. Mm, Let's hear it. I had a feeling you might. Number one, go for it. But number two, be yourself. And so therein lies the problem. Where is you in the intersection of going for it and be yourself? What happened to me? I saw Shauna dancing um, at a gay girls party called Brownies for My B****s in San Francisco. <laughs> I saw her dancing. I said, she has so many tattoos. She's so in touch with her body. I am 
not dressed well and <laughs> I'm nervous. And so I just kept on trying to stand next to her and find the intersection of go for it. But I really felt like that Eminem song, like my palms are sweaty, mom's spaghetti, yeah, like yeah, yeah. there's sweater on my vest already. I was just like, I can't do this. Like it's, yeah. I know she's my wife and I need to mm-hmm. tell her. <laughs> and so I just kept standing next to her, sitting next to her. And finally she went outside to smoke and I, I asked my friend for a cigarette and pretended that I smoked and then asked her, <laughs> I asked her for a light. And then she, she said, I do. She was like, Oh, she was like, she said, I do. I will marry you. Um, <laughs> I do have a light. And you're like, Oh, um, right. Thank you. <laughs> you do. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. I mean, I don't, but I do, but I don't, but I do. I don't smoke. Will you marry me? Go ahead. What happened? <laughs> um, that's what happened. Mm. It's crazy that, you know, no, she said, Oh, this person lit my cigarette and then pointed at this butch woman. And I said, come on. And then she, the butch lady lit the cigarette. I'm coughing through the cigarette, trying to explain to the, but like with my energy, two butches don't make a right, honey. And I'm like, and I'm, but I'm trying to loudly say interesting <laughs> things about myself. So Shauna can hear, mm. I'm like, stand up comedy. It's what I do. <laughs> Oh, you need a consulting producer? I do that too. Co-EP. Soon to have a very dry area to store gowns. I got a flooded basement in your future. Um, but I kind of, I, she laughed a little bit at things that I said, and then she was, went inside and then I'm like on East coast time. I'm there for three days. This is like the first of the three days. Mm. And so I just, tell her at the end of the night, I say, I have a business card that, you know, it looks like a real estate agent, cheesy mm-hmm. headshot that says like, writer, actor, comedian, hilarious. Nice. And I, and I gave it to her and I said, I've been trying to tell you all night. I think you're super cute. And I'm just in town for like a little bit, which was, that was good. Yeah. Cause I think there's something within this, I'm finding a little other piece of advice, which is even though, you know, that's your wife, you have to pretend like you don't. Uh-huh. <laughs> you have to pretend a little bit, which if Shauna was here, she'd say that I didn't do a great job, but I was doing everything I could to be like, I'm the most non-committal woman you've ever. <laughs> I'm here, I'm there, I'm on a plane tomorrow, honey. <laughs> <laughs> but here is my real estate card. But here is my real estate card. For us I- to buy a house later. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. If you could give me your social security, we can apply for the mortgage together. I'd like us to both be on the title. So then she texted me the next day and then we married, hung out. Mm-hmm. We got married. Yeah. And you, you hosted a podcast, The Goody Goody with yes. Sabrina Julius. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. You talk to comedians about their pursuit of happiness and healthiness. Yes, yes, yes. Do you feel like you've gained any insight from those conversations? Um, well, one thing on, on the relationship tip, I think that, and that this spreads to everything, but it is important the way that you, the narrative that you write about your relationship to anything in your head, mm-hmm. I highly recommend couples therapy and therapy for Sh- Shauna and I, after Wolfie was born, we, I started going to therapy and then we started doing couples therapy and it's like actually feels like this romantic thing. It feels like a check-in that we're doing for us. That's nice. It can be a scary process, but it's also very exciting because 
It's so fun to get through those really rough times and issues that you bring the darkness into the light, and then you kind of look back at it as this time period that you, as a couple, you got through that. You talked your way through it. It's the reward. It's the big reward. It's like bad stuff is bad. Like Shauna and I, we've been going through our dark night of the soul has been this fertility thing. We we made mm-hmm. Wolfie. It was easy peasy, lemon squeezy. We were like, okay, well, don't believe the yeah. hype. You can make babies easily. Yeah. And then yeah. cut to this, I guess it's been like four years that we've been trying to manifest a second baby. And it is has not been, it's been miscarriages. It's been embryos not attaching. It's been... Mm-hmm. It's just so painful. And then everything in between where you're just not getting traction. And yeah. right now, Shauna is currently nine and a half weeks pregnant. We have a healthy Whoa. pregnancy in there. What? And yes. We're like so excited. And also we have been... Bury the lead. Bury the lead. But also, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I was pregnant last year for three and a half months and mm, I lost the baby. Mm, so it's mm, hard mm, to just be standing on the solid ground celebrating. Yeah, yeah, But, yeah, yeah. but this is a different pregnancy and mm-hmm. all the, there's a completely more positive outlook at every step of the way for this pregnancy. So we can celebrate, but all that to say, this painful thing that we've been through, the only reward from it has been our connection mm-hmm. being stronger. The only reward from it also is like when you go through the where the tough things that you go through, the only good thing is that it can make you more empathetic to someone else going through it yeah, and make you more empathetic towards each other. And not to say that that's been our instinct all the time. We've been each other's co-pilot through this tornado. And yeah. there's obviously been moments where we've looked at each other being like, well, you're the problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting to mention turbulence because that is a great example of you're in something together and it's not your fault. It's, you know, there's weather Mm -hmm. or pilot error or whatever's going on with a plane and you're just together bumping through it. And so that's a really good Mm -hmm. thing to remember, I think, in life with in those hard times that nobody's doing anything wrong. You're just on a bumpy ride. And the cost of having a plane that withstands it is for both of you to be continuously choosing to stay in the plane. And listen, the plane conversation takes us to this last beat before we get into listener questions. Traveling, okay? I don't know if you know, but I'm hosting a new podcast, Handsome, with our mutual friend, Mae Martin. Yes. And Fortune Feimster. And both hilarious people. And May told me that you are a master of credit card points, which that's where I tie in the plane. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. It's really funny because May is a master of throwing money down a sewer. <laughs> I actually think my strength as a traveler is a different little cheat, which is this website formerly known as Scott's Cheap Flights. Oh. Now it's just called Going. Oh. Sign up for their daily email blasts. I pay, I think, 75 bucks a year to get the upgraded tips, which will sometimes be like, we've gone to Bangkok, first class, $600 return from LA. Wow. Wow. In January, we went to Belize, $700 business class return. Well, I'm going to just call you to book my vacations. 
Now, Sabrina, we have a job to do today, and it's to give advice to my listeners. Are you ready to help? I didn't put on this three-piece suit to not. Okay, someone's looking handsome. Handsome. The first listener question, it's a hairy one. Oh, I got this. Nancy writes, one of my very best friends for over 40 years got a terrible haircut last year and decided to get hair extensions to improve her appearance until her real hair grows out. The problem is the extensions look so fake and are not doing her any favors. Do I say something? First of all, this is a full analogy for what I'm about to do with the flooded basement. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a very Sabrina Jolie's problem. Do you tell her that her hair sucks? I think don't. Unless she brings it up. If she brings it up, then you can be like, yeah, I was actually thinking that, you know, if you did this or this, mm. it could look better. Yeah. But like she's in, she is in the mud spinning her tires right now. And like for you to say, hey, you're splatting mud everywhere and your car's not moving, she'd be like, yeah, I know. Or maybe she thinks they look good, in which case... Keep it that way. Let her think she looks great. Why put it in her head that she looks bad? Because maybe she thinks she looks good. I can't even imagine how many outfits or ways that I slept on my hair that Stephanie could give me really intense criticism over and i just head out yeah in the day like all set yeah and your attitude about it matters so if you had it in your head that you looked like shit you might not be taking the swings yeah going back to when i met shauna i thought i looked good that mm-hmm. night later on i found out she did not think i had a good <laughs> outfit because in my mind like i think early on in our love I was telling the story and I'm like, well, good thing I was wearing that bandana like a handkerchief. Oh, I wear a bandana around my neck. But it was not a good one. And then I also was wearing a sweater vest. But I thought I was doing having all these accessories and looking really... I don't have a single problem with anything you've described. And it sounds like I might not be your wife's type. (laughs) (laughs) Which is... No, I got... That was how I met her and she took me, so... She just didn't like the way it all came together. <laughs> probably the, maybe it's probably color based tig. Isn't it funny when you think you've like really nailed something and people are like, Oh yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. That was rough. But it's important for you to think that yeah. you nailed it. That's yeah. what matters, right? Is like I would not if, if my friend would have told me when I came to meet my friend to go to that party, like, damn girl, this looks <laughs> bad, would I have not talked to right. Shana? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Okay, well, Nancy. We all have a bad hair day every once in a while, but a bad hair year is a whole other issue. But I say, leave your friend be. Sabrina, we're going to pause for a moment to hear from our sponsors, then on to more questions. So hold tight. Hello. 
Jamila Jamil here. You may know me from my role in The Good Place or from She-Hulk or from social media and my activism. I Way basically started as a social movement and my podcast is one of my truly greatest achievements. It's a podcast against shame and a place for us to have really honest and truly inclusive conversations. I love connecting with people. I love learning. I have a lot to learn and I'm inviting you along with me. On I Way with Jamila Jamil, I have friends, activists, specialists and absolute heroes join me to teach me from their experience and expertise. People like Conan O'Brien, Jane Fonda, Roxanne Gay, Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Byer, Alok, Kelly Roland, and more. I Weigh with Jamila Jamil has new episodes out every Tuesday and you can find the show on earwolf.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. You can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Macy's, Sephora, and Zappos. And even stack deals on top of cash back. It's easy to use and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. And we're back. Sabrina, our second question is from one of two twin sisters. Mary writes, My twin sister and I turned 30 this October. I will not be able to spend our birthday with her because my partner's brother is getting married that day in a different part of the country. My sister will not forgive me for being away on our birthday, even though I have tried to make plans soon after with her. Even though I make sure to take trips and spend time with her, she cannot seem to come to terms with my partner's place in my life. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I fear there is a rift forming between us. (gasps) How do I stop it? Mm, This is complicated. Yeah, but out of the gate, I have to say... I'm on Mary's side because when Mary's calling her person, her partner, yeah, that means that she's gay. This, well, or no, or whoever <laughs> this person is that Mary is with, this is, it sounds like her primary relationship. And once you have that, yes. and once it moves outside of your girlfriend, your boyfriend, who your per, who, whatever, it is that you're dating casually. Once you have zeroed in and been like, this is my primary relationship, then it really becomes that. And you have to put a bubble around you and your partner or your spouse, your kids. This is your immediate family. And that's who you have to care for first and consider the feelings and needs of above anyone else's. And once that's handled, then you go out from there. That's my feeling. Yes. And you cater to friends or family in any way that you think is appropriate at that point. But you have to keep your primary relationship or primary family intact. And that goes both ways, too, for the person's partner. They're considering you in that same way. So, Tig, do you have twins? I do. Do you? They're fraternal. 
So they're fraternal, but for you, you are raising them with the knowledge that like the expectations that especially twin siblinghood has needs to be like untangled a bit. Like you don't want your sons to have this same problem when they're 30 and you know, you're raising them to know that hey, your birthdays are important and you guys are so important to each other. It's such an important relationship, but don't have this delusion that just because you were born on the same day, like your birthday wishes are intertwined. Yeah. And I think that the rift that Mary is so afraid of is probably something that actually is just a normal kind of recalibration that would usually happen with siblings, but because you've had this special twinhood, um, there has been this added pressure on both of you guys to satiate this birthday dream when you, what makes you most comfortable on your birthday, even though it's your 30th, is to go celebrate with your partner at this wedding. There was no part of Mary's question that said like, oh, I really wish that we were spending it together. It's like, this is where you're at in your life and you deserve that. It's your birthday too. And things change. Yes. And you you outgrow certain routines and patterns and traditions and even friendships. It's like sometimes you just grow out of a certain friendship or, you know, I, I have a very close group of childhood friends and we have spent holidays together forever. And then it's like, I got married, my other friends, they bought a house in Washington and we're still so close, but mm -hmm. things change and shift. And it's a painful time, I'm sure, especially for her sister. But it's just a, I think, a growth spurt. Yes, and it's healthy. It's a healthy mm -hmm. thing. And if your sister has resentments about it, then that growth that comes from this rift will hopefully be healthy. Because uh, the harder she takes it, speaks to the deeper sort of stagnation. At 30, maybe the relationship is a little bit stunted. Mm -hmm. But if both people are on the same page, then it's it's fine. If you want to spend every birthday together and you're 30 and you're 50 and you're 80, great. And everybody, it works for everyone's primary relationship and everyone's lives, then great. But you grow up, things change, and they shift a bit. And I just... I'm sorry. I'm on. I'm. I'm fully behind you, Mary. I think Sabrina is too. And I. I am. You guys will get through this. You will get through it, and it's all because she loves you so much, and it's all because you love her so much. And I think it's just going to be your sister coming to terms with this. I don't think there's much more you can do. You've done what you can. Maybe your sister needs to find, you know, a friend, relationship, or life that's going to pull her away in some mature, healthy way that it sounds like your life has gone. Best of luck and happy birthday to you and your twin. Happy birthday. That is beautiful. Happy and And that's enough. It's beautiful, <laughs> but that's enough. Okay, this next question is about a tricky subject, social media. Victoria writes... For a year now, I've been dating an aspiring actor. He's sweet, charming, and very conventionally attractive. I love him very much, and he says he feels the same. The problem is he uses social media a lot. He used to follow a lot of sexy random girls on Instagram and liked many of their sexy photos. He admitted that he previously had flirtatious relationships with many of them, but 
all before we started dating and that likes on social media were meaningless to him. I tried to be enlightened, but still felt unsafe. So he agreed to stop liking their sexy posts. But some of these women are still regularly liking his posts. Do you think I'm overstepping by caring about all of this? My my hunch is that either you have trust or you don't Mm -hmm. have trust. Yeah. I post on Instagram. I do. I like to put stories up that I like to watch for my site. It's like a sizzle reel of my day and I like it. And meanwhile, Shauna is making fun of me, but there's nothing in there that Shauna is worried about Mm -hmm. losing me. I think the biggest red flag is that you're dating an aspiring actor, (laughs) which everybody, you know, like that is a flag. He's aspiring Uh to be an actor. But does he take care of you? Does he make you feel safe? Does he make you feel like you can trust him? Those are bigger green flags that you should either be collecting or suspicious that you don't have in your bouquet of flags. And and here's the thing. You can't control what people on Instagram are doing and liking his stuff. And, and I agree. You have to just trust and you can have those little uncomfortable moments like it sounds like they had where she's expressing discomfort of him liking all of these photos. It sounds like they got through that. And now with the girls still liking his stuff, you have to trust him because anybody in the world can like anything. And your relationship is just between you two. That's it. Also, if you want to add a little really delicious advice that's not that good, Mm. but give you answers. Yes, please. Next time he is on Mm -hmm. Instagram in his DMs section, mm-hmm. you can come up with like a reason that you're like, oh, let me just see what you wrote there. <laughs> like, but that's not what you say. That's not what you say, but you just go like, oh, I just want to search for something. My phone's in the other room. And you go towards, you go oh towards his phone. Okay. <laughs> and when you do that, either you're going to get like, oh, yeah. like Cinderella's caught naked in the broom closet, yes, which is a figure of speech everyone uses. Mm-hmm. Or you're going to get cool, calm, chill Cinderella doesn't care about midnight being up. Right, right, right. And that's going to tell you a lot. If you have Cinderella naked in the broom closet, <laughs> you you got problems. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It is such... It, it's so funny. Stephanie and I have had... <laughs> We do this thing to each other on social media where <laughs> if one of us likes a post by somebody that is annoying or likes a post of somebody who is doing a totally sexy pose yes, or anything, and we see that the other one has liked it, we screen grab it and send it to each other and go, oh, really? You like that? <laughs> <laughs> We tease each other, and then we'll talk about it later. Like, oh, did you think that person looked sexy? Or, oh, you you truly were laughing at that post, and we just really give each other a hard time. I love that. I hope that once a month you guys do role play as the top annoying post that the other likes. That's a good idea. Well, Victoria, it sounds like a difficult situation, but I think we helped you, right? It's hard to date an actor. Mm -hmm. That's why I don't ever admit to being an actor. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's why actor is the last on the list all the time. You're like, I'm a writer. (laughs) uh, 
I drain bla- I drain basements. Yeah. I, I hang soggy clothes. Well, that's enough of your bragging, Sabrina. <laughs> All right. You're married. I'm married. And this next question is coming from a woman who is thinking about doing the same. Nicole writes, Tig, I'm a cis woman. I have a cis girlfriend of like nine years or some nutty number. Should we get married? It still feels like a political move. Why does it still feel like a political move? I mean, we know why it feels like a political move. We've been proud but private, as we do. We've had to deal with things like surgeries and power of attorney stuff. Should we just do the thing? How did you decide? Well, I think if you're writing into an advice show to figure out if you should get married, I would say no. I would hold off. Mm. Although I love being married. I'm happily married. But like we mentioned earlier, I've had a lot of bumps and hard times and therapy in my relationship. But I am saying I am happily married. I'm glad that I'm married. I wouldn't do it any different way. And the way I knew was because I didn't write in to anywhere. I didn't ask anyone. I was just like, I don't know how to not be married to Stephanie. Oh my gosh, this sounds so exciting. And it wasn't a political move. It was solely like, I want to be with her. I want to be... um, I want to make it so hard for her. (laughs) (laughs) I want to make it like so much paperwork and she hates paperwork. That's how I feel. I want to be together forever and I want a party about it. And part of, I think, grieving when you come out or when I came out, part of the tough sort of closeted was like me being like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to say goodbye to all these dreams that Mm -hmm. I had about what my life would look like, whether I could have a family. And it's a beautiful thing that we can do those things now and not, we can't, we we shouldn't take it for granted. It's all of that political stuff is true, but, but also how wonderful that it's an option if that's something you want to do. I also think the gift of having a gay wedding versus a traditional straight Mm -hmm. style, normal style, classic vanilla is that (laughs) you get to put all the toppings that you want into your wedding Sunday. You get to do the wedding. Your parents, trust me, unless they're so progressive, which I don't think they are because you probably would have a, a more natural flow into the idea of weddings if they were. But my parents weren't like, you have to invite all of the cousins. It's like, no, my parents were like, you keep this secret, which meant I didn't have to have all of these ghosts from Ramadan past floating around the buffet. And do they still want you to keep it secret? No, I, t- I, I came out to my Muslim family after uh-huh. the wedding is when I was like, look, we got to. Yeah. And there was like a whole chapter of Bollywood style drama where it's like, you should have told us we could have converted you back to regular it's too late uh, now. To regular. They like broke up with me for a beat. And then they were like, let's meet this wife and mm. baby. Oh, yeah. But anyways, the wedding can be exactly the way you want it to be. It's still mm-hmm. stressful to put a, an event together with your wife, which is, I think, another rite of cool rite of passage that weddings introduce is like, here is this level 10 difficult challenge. You're going to each have, uh, it's like a 30-year-old twin birthday here. You each want to mm-hmm. feel... Like the shine is on you. You have different ideas of what that looks like. How are you going to compromise with a budget and a, a list of people you want to invite? And how are you going to land land this plane and party in the cockpit, baby? <laughs> well, basically, yeah. I mean, I think you got to just be excited 
to get married to somebody. And that's what it boils down to. And maybe marriage isn't in their future and marriage doesn't excite them. Or maybe financially the party part of it makes you feel like, oh, well, well, we won't be able to do IVF or whatever. Then you can do it all sorts of different ways. But I still think that like the decision to commit and fill out paperwork to say, we're doing our taxes together. Mm -hmm. If that's the way you see your life going, is a positive, good decision. It's a little notch in your belt. Nicole, when you know, you know. Best of luck. You know? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) All right, Sabrina, our last segment is going to take us back in time. This is Advice of Yesteryear. When Jerry brags about taking Ginny out, he learns that she dates all the boys. So as we see now, menstruation is just one routine step in a normal and natural cycle. How do you choose a date? Well, one thing you can consider is look. I did everything you said, but my boss still hasn't asked me to lunch. On Advice of Yesteryear, we read a question sent to an advice columnist from long ago, and we try to give a better response. This question was sent to columnist Beatrice Fairfax in February 1905 from a person who called themselves Lovesick L. Lovesick L wrote, Dear Miss Fairfax, I am a telephone girl and very much in love with a voice that I hear quite often over the phone. Would it be proper for me to ask him to call? I must meet him. Sabrina. I mean, this this problem is set in an era that I don't really understand any of the mechanics of what's going on. What is she a telephone girl of? I don't know. Can we just say she's a secretary? She's the telephone girl for a company. Oh, okay. She's taking in all these voices. She hears this voice. Yes, often. you're right. And hello. No. You know, with the like earpiece, <laughs> like you hold the yeah. little thing to your ear and you talk into a speaker. <laughs> so uh, what do you say? Should lovesick L say, give me a holler? Yeah, you should totally mm-hmm. say, hey, I think you're super cute. Your voice is super cute. I think your voice is super cute. Because this isn't FaceTime. No, it's not FaceTime. No. And then just say the contents of your business card to the person. I am not an actor. (laughs) I am a telephone girl and I can be reached at the number that you just called. Or I'd love to have a coffee face to face. I have more than just a voice, you see. Well, do you want to hear what the response from Beatrice Fairfax was? Uh, I'm scared of her. Yeah. Tell me what she said. Her answer was... To decide on a man on his face value is bad enough, but to know nothing of him but his voice and fall in love with him is too good a joke to take seriously. The course which you suggest would make you absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Beatrice Fairfax is a... The B stands for <laughs> honey. Wow, what a devil on the columnist's shoulder. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, Beatrice is, well, she's since passed, but she was... I killed her. (laughs) (laughs) I choked her with her bonnet. (laughs) I mean, what a bad, what a bad vibe. (laughs) (laughs) She's, she's gone bye-bye, but so has this episode. Thank you so much for joining me. Do you have anything you'd like to mention or promote? Oh, you can, you know where to find me. I'm on Instagram posting stories on there. Come find me over there. I'll post about a show if I do it. I'm not telling you here. All right. Sorry to bother you. I'm it very was uh... private. 
Well, it was a delight seeing your mug, and I look forward to seeing you in the flesh again soon. Yes, let's flesh together. Yes, yes. Thank you, and goodbye. And adieu. is hosted by me, Tig Notaro. It's produced by Thomas Willette and Shayna Deloria. Our executive producer and editor is Beth Perlman. Engineering and sound mixing by Alex Simpson. Digital production by James Napoli. Talent booking by Marianne Ways. Production support from Maria Wortel and Lou Barron. Our theme music is Friend and Tig by Edie Brickell and Kyle Crusham. And Listen to Your Heart by Edie Brickell. Special thanks to Hunter Seidman. APM Studios executives in charge are Chandra Kavadi, Alex Schaffert, and Joanne Griffith. Concept developed by Tracy Mumford. Our executive consultant is Dean Capello and Gobsmack Studios. You can always ask for advice at don'tasktig.org. Just write in with your problem or send us a voice memo. Remember to follow us on social media at Don't Ask Tig. Don't Ask Tig is a production of American Public Media. And as always, thanks, Dana, and I'll tell Becky. I'm stand-up comedian and sex symbol Tig Notaro. And I'm actor and writer Cheryl Hines. Before Cheryl and I got into the big business of podcasting together, (laughs) we were just simply friends. And we're still friends. But now we talk about a different documentary every week on our podcast, Tig and Cheryl, True Story. So whether you love documentaries or just want to hear us slowly lose our minds, check out Tig and Cheryl, True Story, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, cool.